Hello, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 29th of September. Yes. 2020 is the year. Thank you for listening to Mon Podcast. Here's a bit. I'm going to have some tea. Oh, how are you? How's your week? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are you coping? I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. I've had a great morning. I had a great day yesterday. Oh, yesterday was just day. <laughs> it really it really feels like we've turned a corner here in Melbourne. I I feel like I can breathe for the first time in months. Look, I make fun of that, but that's genuinely how I feel. Maybe not breathe, but I feel like uh, there's some light at the end of the fucking goddamn tunnel, man. It just... uh, On Sunday, we had the announcement. And um, it was exciting. It was an event, you know. We sat down and and watched it. Dan Andrews coming on. And the... Oh, my God. The curfew is done. The curfew's done. No more curfew. I didn't take advantage of it last night. But um, maybe tonight I'll go for a little night walk. Oh, my God. And they brought the opening up forwards three weeks now, and we're going to be dining outdoors. Our fresco summer. Our fresco fucking summer is on. Yeah, I'm. look, I've, I think that's real. I think that's real excitement. I'm excited. I feel good. Yesterday I got up, I did my meditation. It's been three weeks I'd started meditating um, the day that they announced that there was going to be two more weeks of stage four. I was like, all right, get me meditating, get me centered. (sighs) And I've, as we just discussed last week, I've figured out why I'm meditating to check in with myself. And yesterday I just feel like I really, you know, I feel like I, I, I know meditation isn't about like winning and competitiveness and, you know, it's just a thing that you do and it's not a thing that you uh, can be good at. But yesterday, I fucking crushed me. <laughs> I know it's not about competition, but if it were, hypothetically, let's just say if there was some sort of league, <laughs> if there was like a meditation league, competitive meditating, and everyone comes in there and what do you dress like? Everyone would come in, we're trying to be as zen as possible. Some guy would bring a fucking dog. You know some fucking cunt would bring a dog to professional meditation and be like, everyone want to pet the dog? Yeah. It'd just be like hippies. Professional meditation is just a music festival. It's just one of those gross music festivals that all people go to and take ketamine. And anyway, I feel like this bit isn't going to get funny, but... Yeah, man. Did some um, meditation in the morning. Felt good. Did uh, just like cleaned the house. Oh my God. Okay. This is what happened yesterday. This is the main, the key point from yesterday is um, I did some, I read my book a little. I've been reading The Secret Life of the Hidden Life of Trees. Um, and uh, I rode my bike out to Maribyrnong River or whatever the fuck it is, like in the West good ride like a 25 minute ride and it felt like you know i'm getting fit here i'm exercising it was like a beautiful sunny day by like 15 degrees so just nice crisp 
but still like warm in the sun. And I rode out there and I just walked around the park. And when I got to the park, I got a call. I got a, no, I got an email. Do you ever start telling a story and then realize like you just say a word and then you're like, that's actually, I'm like about to just lie. Like I was about to be like, oh, I got a call from my housemate. I, like, I didn't get a call from my housemate. I got an email from a company. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called my housemate. I've noticed I've been doing that a lot. I think my maybe as I get older, my brain just is getting disordered or maybe that's something I've always done and I'm just noticing or maybe it's just a new thing and it's got nothing to do with age and it's just it's just who I'm becoming. Anyway, I uh, yeah, I got an email from my... Again, again, I was about to do it again. I think it's because I start talking. Here, here it is. I think I start talking because I just want to make sure that I'm the one talking. And uh, so I start a sentence to just hold the place in the cut. Co- like, I'm about to say something and then I get halfway into the sentence and I realize I, <laughs> I didn't actually have any plan for what I was going to say, but I just want to be the one talking. <laughs> There it is. There is the reason for that behavior. Because I did it yesterday. I was on the phone to my mom and I... (laughs) Like right now, it's kind of inconsequential because I'm doing the podcast so no one else is talking here. That's the beauty of the medium. But um, (laughs) I think I do it now. I think I'm doing it now because I'm kind of, I guess, anxious to be still, uh, you know, I'm like, well, it's the podcast, so I can't not talk. I can't take too long to think about the things that I'm saying. So I got to just start saying shit. When also, I mean, that's a lie, you know, I think you guys are committed enough to this to allow for a few seconds of dead air while I compose myself. But yesterday I did it on the phone to, um, I was on the phone to my mum and I just noticed that I started talking and then like, I'll, I'll correct myself mid-sentence. I won't even be, that's the thing as well is whether I correct myself or it doesn't matter how garbage the thing is that you're saying. Once you start talking, you are just, you're the one talking now. You have the floor. That's the insidiousness of the strategy, right? Anyway, so I, uh, I was at Maribyrnong Park and I got an email from the courier company that I, um, basically my tapestry that I ordered like a month ago for my wall to cover up the fucking, you know, icky, yucky, poo poo wall that I have in my room is (laughs) the wall of shit. (laughs) I went through a phase in my life where I was just really lazy and rather than go to the toilet, I would just shit in my hand and wipe it on the wall. (laughs) And, you know, it was a phase in my life and I kind of come out of it. But obviously the wall is still covered in human feces, so I've just bought a tapestry (laughs) to just cover that up. (laughs) god imagine the laziness of that person (laughs) it's just rather than go walk eight meters to the toilet i'll just eat whatever food i'm eating and then you know i'm playing civilization six and it's a good game so i'll just shit in my hand and just straight up wipe that on the wall yeah go for it Hey man, it's lockdown. All right, we all have our methods of coping. No, I got a t- I got a nice tapestry for my wall. It's like a it's a pretty basic. He, I'm I think I'm insecure about it because I'm um, I feel like in the absence of comedy, I am just becoming like a basic bitch. You know, just a person who 
has things, does nice things, makes purchases, cooks, cleans, keeps a, a reasonably nice house. All of the things that when I was a comedian, oh God, <laughs> it's the metamorphosis is happening. I uh, I would look at those people and think, how could you fucking live like that? And now without, you know, a thing to care about, I'm like, yay, let me buy some things. Let me cook a chicken. I cooked a chicken on Saturday. I got some meat from my friend. We ordered meat from this farm. I can't remember whether I said that last week. And one of the bits of meat that I got was a whole chicken. And I fucking looked up videos on how to cut it up. And I cut it up with my knife and I separated the breasts. And I got the carcass and made a stew out of it. And got the other bits like the drumsticks and the wings and, and, and made them honey mustard. And put them in the oven and baked them. And then made potatoes with it and ate it. And that was my Saturday. And I, that's a story to me now. I'm, it's like exciting. I told people about it. I'm telling you guys about it. That's my fucking life. Those are the things I'm excited about because I have nothing left. And the latest addition to that just fucking feeble, meager existence is this tapestry that I got on my wall. And it's a picture. Here's why I'm a bit self-conscious about it is it's a picture of like, a, it's like lots of blue and gold tones and it's a sun rising over the mountains. And actually I told my friend about it and showed her the picture and she was like, oh yeah, that was, I was looking at that exact fucking one. <laughs> it cost me a hundred dollars. I got it ordered from America. <laughs> it's like it was specialized purchase. It's like, a you know, fuck man. I, I, but here's how I know I'm self-conscious about it is because yesterday when I put it up, <laughs> I was uh, I was arguing in my head with a friend. I was imagining uh, for uh, this. All right. Okay. All right. Here we've stumbled upon something. So a few months ago, uh, a friend saw my room and uh, I had these pictures, you know, I like printed out A4 pictures um, and some A3s of just like my friends and some pictures of me to put on, you know, to decorate my room when I first, when my friend Liz first brought it to my attention that my room was depressing and the walls were bare and it just didn't have any character to it and it didn't reflect my personality, which I think was a real thing for me. It was cool. And then uh, a friend of mine uh, came around and was with Blake making fun of me about my room and like said it to me. It was like a making fun, but it really got me, right? And it was, um, she said, like, it's so nice that you have all these pictures of your friends around your room, but the ones, it's funny that the ones of yourself are the bigger ones. And I, th she was right. The ones of all my friends are A4, but then the ones that I printed out of me, <laughs> all the A3 ones, which was just a few, you know, make the different sizes, um, and the A3 ones were, were me and that's very in keeping with my, you know, everything about me, narcissism, self-obsession, whatever. And she was laughing at me and she kind of put that to me and, uh, I wasn't able to take it and laugh at it. I, I started, <laughs> I started like defending myself. I was like, no, but you know, I mean, some of them are, but some of them are and like, they're just the nicer picture. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know she's right that what she's saying, the way that reflects my personality is absolutely right. It's just like, I love my friends, but this guy. <laughs> and um, 
yesterday when I put the tapestry up, I really get so caught up in, yeah, I guess what other people think of me maybe, or I don't know. I had, you know, I was imagining that same friend coming back and seeing that in my room and making fun of me for that being like a real basic bitch thing. And then I was coming up with, you know, what I would say in that hypothetical situation. And I just feel like, why am I spending time having these conversations with people in my head that I haven't seen in months? How did that get me on such a deep level? My friend making fun of the pictures that I have up in my room that I still, I'm like changing that stuff in my room and then like continuing the conversation with them. Fucking hell. I thought I was in a good mood, but if I'm thinking about this stuff, maybe I'm not completely in a good mood. Oh. The Secret Life of Trees is a book that I'm reading. Um, it's been good. I guess this is me talking about my garden this week. Oh, actually, fuck. I wanted this. I had a, uh, a friend who hasn't listened to the podcast, um, but was watching the Backyard Bitch videos. I don't know if you guys have watched those or fucking who cares, but uh, message me and, and say, where are some Backyard Bitch t-shirts? And I obviously haven't made any Backyard Bitch t-shirts, but I put to him, I'll make some t-shirts if enough people want a t-shirt. So if you're listening to this and you've fucking seen those Backyard Bitch videos, don't do this as a, oh, basically I want to make some t-shirts. I'll make, if, if 10 people want them, I'll get 10 made. And if you'll pay, I don't know how much it would be, 20 or 30 bucks, I'm probably not going to make any money off of this. It's not a thing that I want to make money on, but it would be kind of sick. I want to make a Backyard Bitch t-shirt, but I'm not just going to make one. And I'm just going to make one for my friend because I don't care enough about my friends to do nice things for them. <laughs> so if you want a Backyard Bitch t-shirt, if I get, ten, if I get um, 10 people saying they want them, I'll make 10. And uh, I'll make some with that little logo, the fucking, the, the, the shrugging emoji, emoji and the fucking, you know, leaf thingy. Um, I was trying to think of what I would put on the shirt. I'm a backyard bitch is a bit too on the nose, isn't it? Like it would be funny, but you wouldn't wear that t-shirt. Maybe just the logo and just the words backyard bitch. That's funny. Just the words backyard bitch. Maybe a, <laughs> or maybe... <laughs> Maybe a picture of ja Jamie Drury's fucking head on the back <laughs> With backyard bitch written underneath it Is that funny? That's not libellious or whatever, is it? Just Jamie Drury's face and on the back it's just put backyard bitch and people are like, why are you hating on Jamie Jury? And you're like, nah, man, it's like this guy, I guess he's a comedian. He's more my friend than anything. And he made this. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the t-shirt. If anyone wants, if anyone wants a t-shirt with a picture of Jamie Jury's face on the back and the word <laughs> backyard bitch. <laughs> underneath it then hit me up on instagram maybe i'll make this i'll make this a video for this week so more people will see it and if i get 10 orders i'll get them printed because that that is just it's a cool t-shirt all right it's cool 
<laughs> yeah, that's the shirt. Jamie Jury's face with backyard bitch and then the logo on the front breast. All right, done. Oh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And um and uh shout outs to shout outs to Lubo for listening this week and for coming up with that idea and put there. I reckon that's gonna get done. I reckon that's a funny enough idea that people will want that. How's the recording going this week? Oh, it hasn't frozen. Or maybe it has frozen. I just didn't see. Oh, if it's frozen and I'm not gonna be able to get that. I know every week I talk about the video recording. I can't figure it out. This week, my solution was to stop my Mac from going to... There's not uh, any screensaver or power off or anything at all, ever. Maybe that will mean that the video continues to record. <sighs> so the um, the Hidden Life of Trees, this book that I'm reading, Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wohleben, W-O-H-L-L-E-B-E-N. Get a fucking better name, mate. Peter, uh, Peter Smith. <laughs> Um, it's this book. It's cool, man. It's this guy who I guess is like a forestry worker in Germany and, uh, you know, he's worked in, he keeps talking about his forest that he takes care of and it's like for logging interest, but the, the forests, like the trees grow for like a hundred, 150 years before they're cut down for wood, which is crazy. Um, and he talks about the things that he's learned about trees in working in the forest and just how long, how slow this, um, how slow a process, like 150 years, the way that we grow trees for logging apparently is still not how they're supposed to be growing. Like even 150 years, it's still too, too short. Like at that point, they're like teenagers is the way that he kind of puts it. Um, and the trees that we're growing for logging because they're not grown in this kind of, so old growth forests, I'm trying to paraphrase the things that he says in the book. Apparently old growth forests um, develop in such a way where the fungal networks in between the trees' roots connect the trees so they can like send each other nutrients and shit. And uh, even like when there's a big tree, calls them the mother trees. <clears throat> and when they uh, drop seeds in the spring, the seeds go into the ground, like beech trees. Um, the beech trees grow but they're in the shade so they're not getting a lot of sun so the mother trees through these fungal networks in the roots send them nutrients to make up for the fact that they're not getting sun it sounds like magic doesn't it it sounds like fucking bullshit witchcraft and i was reading this yesterday in uh when i was walking around maribyrnong creek in the sun and i realized it's so interesting how resistant i am to like new information like i guess this just completely challenges my idea of how trees work, you know, cause you see a tree in the park or in your yard and you're like, that's a tree. That's how it's supposed to be. And what this guy's saying is that when they're by themselves, most trees aren't meant to be by themselves. They're social. They are around each other. They like send each other signals through like chemicals that they fucking give off through their leaves that can warn others. If there's like bugs eating their leaves and shit like that, they talk to each other in a roundabout way and uh, I'm reading this and it's interesting, but a part of me is like going bullshit. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Peter Smith. <laughs> because it just it just doesn't fit in with, I guess I like to think of myself as a fairly open-minded person. 
and like that I'm up for new ideas and, and, um, you know, new ways of looking at the world and I want to learn things. And then I read a book that's presenting all these new ideas to me and it does have references at the back, but I just don't read the references. And I'm like, well, it's not a scientific paper, so bullshit. It's not boring. It doesn't have an abstract and a lab coat, so I don't believe it. But this guy's worked in a fucking forestry thing his whole life, but it's just written in an engaging way. And I guess he's sacrificed the scientific credibility of like writing it in that impenetrable scientific language, you know, he sacrificed that for readability. <clears throat> it's a really cool book, but it makes me feel like, uh, it's just, I don't believe it on an instinctive level, but I, I mean, why would it not be true? Why can't trees send each other nutrients through fungal networks and talk to each other? You know, it's really, uh, Anyway, I reckon I'm going to come back to that in a second because this is the thing that I've been thinking the most about this week. I watched you guys watched that um the social dilemma on um on Netflix, this fucking documentary about social uh what's it called? Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and how um I guess like I guess the whole thing is like about how the algorithms in these social media things are meant to attract our attention and not value anything else. And then they attract our attention and sell us ads. And uh, a bunch of people have told me to watch it and I liked it. It was very engaging, but it kind of did feel like just a bunch of white dudes because all the dudes in there, so all the guys being interviewed are like ex- high up like executives employees of facebook and the big tech companies silicon valley you know and um the tone especially the last 20 minutes of this documentary was like just over and over again them going this is the biggest problem facing mankind right now this is an existential threat this is the root of every other problem in our society and i it was kind of like these like what a coincidence that these dudes who work in these companies believe that the biggest problem to face the world is the problem that they spend their whole lives thinking about. Do you know what I mean? Like what a coincidence that like, they're like, Oh, the biggest problem in the world is this social media dilemma and the way it affects us. And it changes the way we think and interact with each other. What do you work in? Oh, exactly that area. Like it kind of made me feel like if these guys, like if that dude was a baker he would be standing in front of a camera telling me that the biggest problem in the world was bread related, you know, like it just seemed kind of megalomaniacal, megalomaniacal or self-obsessed to be like, my problem is the biggest one in the world. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't, I don't, I, I care and you're right. And I'm engaging with this, I guess, on like a kind of surface level, but I'm not going to stop. It made me, made me defensive. I'm not going to stop using Facebook and Instagram and all the other things because I get good stuff out of it. And these guys weren't even so, I mean, there was one fucking dude in that show with his long ass dreadlocks and his weird, his little voice coming up like this. (laughs) I think you guys should stop using social media. There was one just fucking gross van living hippie cunt. (laughs) Who uh, was just like everyone else had, <laughs> everyone else in it had, you know, like 
former Facebook CEO or former what did not say, former employee, engineer, people who invented the like button, whatever. And then there's this one cunt who his his credit was just like uh, you know activist. <laughs> it's like fuck off, mate. Go get a get a haircut. And that's all that. That's the only insult that I have to say to him. That's pathetic. Get a hair, get a haircut. God, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, I and his fucking up high voice. And I don't know. Like, how do you get to be in that? I don't know what his credibility was. That was the only dude I couldn't take seriously. Whether it was the dreadlocks or the high voice, <laughs> he sounded like he'd been punched in the throat. <laughs> um. But yeah, all these, it felt like all these dudes, and I, I guess it's very convenient for my point that they're straight white, or that they're white dudes, right? Like 90% of the dudes in there, it's very convenient because it's got to be easier to get people to agree with me if I'm like, bring their race into it. They're white men. Blah, boo. It's not even important that they're white, but it just felt like a bunch of people trying to get me to care about the thing that they care about as much as them, you know? And even like, the whole point of the documentary was they were saying how the social media algorithms preference things that get you to just engage on any level. And what gets you to engage more is fear and anger and like negative emotions. Right. We all know that. And the documentary was saying, you know, how counterproductive that is to the goals that we want to achieve as a human race to have everyone just being angry and hateful and fearful of each other. And yet that exact spectrum of emotions was how the fucking documentary was communicating hey here's this thing you should be scared of it they were doing the same thing that they were talking about and i'm like i'm not i just i'm gonna keep fucking living my life i get so annoyed it's just annoying to me when someone's like you need to care about this and like fucking all that finger pointing shame you know like trying to guilt me into fucking caring about this so you have to care about this why because you care about it well i care about it as much as i care about it good for you i'm glad that you fucking care about it and that it's important to you i'm glad that people are out there doing things because i think it is a problem but you know what that's not something that i'm going to address in my life and now that i've kind of spoken about that documentary enough that oh i hate to admit this that's how i feel about like any other, you know, Black Lives Matter or the feminist things or whatever. I agree with this stuff, but I, um, I'm really fucking grappling at the moment with how defensive I get when I think about minority issues that I like intellectually agree with, but emotionally I feel so defensive. I feel like I'm being attacked or this is what I was talking about the other week. Feminism makes me feel like I'm being attacked. It doesn't actually, like I know that it's not about me and if anything, actually progressing feminist issues will help me in the long run. I was talking to my mum about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that, um, I mean, everyone knows the Supreme Court judge who died. I don't know whether I need to give context. Play to the smartest part of the room, Aiden. All right, I will. Um, I was talking to my mum about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and um, she was saying how cool, how smart she went about achieving feminist reform in the courts and in America because she she knew the people who she was going to have to convince that these laws were wrong were men. And so rather than try and fight in particular cases 
for the rights of women, she found cases where sexism uh, uh, like harmed men. And so if the law was made less discriminatory on the basis of sex, it would benefit men in these specific cases, got the law changed, and then in doing so benefited women. And, uh, I mean, that's so smart. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's some Sun Tzu's Art of War shit in that. Not that I've ever read that book or know anything that Sun Tzu said, but it just feels like that's... (laughs) Feels like maybe that's something that she might have been able to draw from. I don't know. Um, But... I so I know right progress like you know progressive politics and furthering these ideas and things is like gonna benefit me and everyone in society. I agree with them, but I still feel like I watched the vi- all right. I watched this video of this guy. Um, it was a black guy and he was talking about Black Lives Matter stuff. It was like a you know his vlog, and the tone was just he was saying you know. I guess he was trying to be reasonable, but you could tell how angry he was. And like, again, that's his anger. That sucks that he's angry. Bad things, whatever. And he was talking to the camera about like, you know, three or four months ago, Black Lives Matter was happening and you guys were all posting so much and now it's gone really quiet. And I just would like you to think about why that is. That's what he was saying. I just would like you to think about why why have you gone quiet? Why have you not continued? And it's like, you know why I went quiet, man? Because I just fucking have other things in my life that I want to do that don't involve every day posting about stuff that is awful. People getting killed. Yeah, it's horrific. But I can't fucking dwell my entire life, spend my life thinking about that stuff. I got to fucking make lunch. All right. I got fucking shit to do. It makes me want to disengage with that whole, you know, everything. And I know how privileged of me, how what a position I'm in to be able to disengage because some people can't disengage because some people are literally, their lives are in danger. Yes, I understand. And you know what? My life isn't in danger, so I don't need to spend every fucking day thinking about it. That is the bottom line. Why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? Why am I upset right now? I don't know. Maybe I'm just an angry person. Fuck. Anyway, that's what... (laughs) That's what I like about the hidden life of trees. (laughs) Is... (laughs) Is this guy cares about trees and he's not trying to ram it down my fucking throat. Okay, <laughs> he's just telling me about trees. He's not saying, he's not like, hey, you guys are all posting about trees last month and, you know, now you're not posting about trees and I would just like to know why. <laughs> he's just he's just there going, hey, you know, um, uh, Mum, mum, tree like a mother tree can feed its like trees next to it that are smaller with like fungal networks. What about that? <laughs> He's just chilling. Oh god, fuck! All right, I feel like I got somewhere there. That felt good. Hey, touch and go there for a second. I got legitimately angry. Jesus! All right. Oh.
<sighs> man. Oh, what was the other thing that I was about to say? Hidden Life of Trees. Um, he's not trying to ram it down my throat. God, I was about to say something and then uh, whatever. I listened to a great interview the other day. The music that I would like to recommend this week, but I'm not going to do play it at the end of the thing anymore because I might have ads. Ads might be coming soon. Um, Yasin Bay, aka Most Deaf. Um, I just I uh, I was listening again to Black on Both Sides, which is like for me a, just an all time album. I mean. It's incredible. That album is incredible. There's one bad song, which is bang in the middle. It's rock and roll. And it just, I get it like it's kind of punk and it like starts getting really punk and he's yelling. And it's like artistically good and whatever in the album. But when I'm listening to the album, that bit is always a bit when I show it to people. If it's like just on, people are like, oh, I don't know about this. It's just jarring. <clears throat> but it does make sex. It does make sex. It does make sense if you're actually listening to the um, to the album in context and whatever. But um, so I was I was listening to that album and then I was like, man, I want to hear what fucking Yasin Bey is doing, what he's up to. And so I went to try and find a podcast episode with him on it, and there's not very many. I found one. This guy Ari Melba, and it's from last year, the twentieth anniversary of Black on Both Sides, and. Um, this guy, this random fucking dude is like the only guy who seems to, on my podcast app, anywhere, have been able to sit most deaf down for an interview. And like, it's okay. The guy's clearly just fanboying over most deaf, which is fine. I mean, who wouldn't? But then he fucking, he goes, hey man, so like, if you wouldn't mind. Um, and, and that's right. And Yasin Bay is trying to talk about his recent project, which is like in the Brooklyn museum and it's like some experience with music but it's like immersive and he didn't release the music he just put it in like an art installation that you have to go and experience really cool but all this guy seems concerned with talking about is just the album from 20 years ago which i'm sure the dude is fucking you know he's talked about it enough and the guy goes you know the the lyrics in this album are so prescient and i wonder if you would mind if i uh just read some of those lyrics now <laughs> and get your thoughts on them and then he fucking reads verbatim and then he goes oh this is so uncomfortable he goes um i'll read them or do you want to read them <laughs> it's like trying to get the guy trying to get yasin bay to fucking like read his own lyrics that he wrote 20 years ago on a podcast now and talk about them and it's like nah i'm good man so he like reads them again himself and he's like what do you think of that and then <laughs> I want to call him most deaf so bad. Yeah, seems just like, I mean, yeah, yeah, those are those are the lyrics. <laughs> That's right. And then he does it again. Like five minutes later, he does another one. And he's like, do you want to say him? And he just grabs the piece of paper and says them real quick. He's like, blah, 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 blah. Like he doesn't wrap them. He just says them flat. And he's like, yeah, that's, yep. And it, the lyrics that the guy picked are just like a story. Oh my God. It was so fucking uncomfortable. Go and listen to that. Go and listen to go and listen to Black on both sides if you want to hear an amazing album, and then go and listen to that interview if you want to listen to a can't embarrass himself. <laughs> oh God, it was horrific. Yeah. Um. Maybe uh, I'll do a little piano update here, and then I might be done. I reckon the, the um this week on piano I've. Uh, 
I ordered a book by Franz. No, I ordered a, bo- a book by some musicologist about like the life of Franz Liszt because I've started playing the. Um, I've started playing Liebestrom and like learning it, and it's it's hard. Whatever. Um, I finished the Chopin Nocturne in E flat minor. I'm gonna try this week and practice it a bunch and see if I can get a decent video of me playing it where I'm not angry and like hitting the piano. I tried yesterday and I got a few videos, but every one of them ends with me just going like, fuck, not good enough. So, um, yeah, I'll try and get one where I don't feel like I, I, I will try and get one with that. I feel like is a good representation of the, me actually playing it. And, um, yeah, hopefully fucking put it up on the Instagram and it's sitting under podcast, by the way, if you're not on that, what else can I fucking finish up with? Oh man, go and follow Talking Biscotti on Instagram. It's Ben Searle and Andrew Portelli, two of my mates, Melbourne Comics, super funny. And these guys have got uh, an Instagram show where they review European Biscotti. And the episode that they just put out today is, oh my God. It's a lockdown episode, so social distancing, one hour of exercise a day, and they've tried to record their show just with that. And um, I won't say more, like they're riding bikes. That's all I'll say. It's a biscuit review show and they're riding bikes. Go and fucking watch Talking Biscotti on Instagram. Uh, I watched that this morning. That was like one of the fucking funniest things I've seen in my entire life. One of the greatest seven minutes worth of video in the history of the human race. It's really funny. Definitely go and watch that. Um, yeah, that's on my, I shared that to my face. I'll share that on the sitting under podcast. Right. There we go. I'll share that on sitting under podcast. Other than that, I reckon that's it. Oh, actually fuck. Oh no. Okay. I've got one more story. Oh my God. Uh, on, Uh, This is just like terrifying. On Thursday, I'll try and be quick. I feel like I've gone long now. On Thursday, um, Serlo, actually, Benny Serl posted, uh, apparently there's a new Zinger uh, barn me. There's a Zinger barn me that KFC are doing. And he posted about it. And I was like, that sounds like a bit of me. So it sounds like a bit of a bit of barn me. (laughs) So I uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to get one of those today. That's the last bit of my tea. That means it's time to wrap up. So I, um, the closest KFC to me is in Thornbury. I go for a walk. It's like an hour and a bit. On the walk, I see this house and there's an A4 bit of paper in, uh, in like, you know, stuck in the window. And I'm like, just walking down the street, but I see that paper. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I go over, I take a look. The paper says, I'll find it. Actually, I'll find the picture on my phone here. I'll read it to you. Because this was fucking weird shit. A nice little... says, to whom it may concern, this property has been repossessed by the owner. Entry is prohibited. Please call beep, to arrange a time to collect any remaining items. If not contacted by close of business, 25th of September, 2020. They've put the year in there. How long do they think this piece of paper is going to be in the window? Items, if not contacted by 25th of September, close of business. 2020 items will be cleared off the property. Kind regards. Um, Kind regards is a bit of a fucking snarky thing to put at the end of that, isn't it? Hey, you can't come in here anymore. If you want your shit, call me. 
Kind regards. <laughs> Fuck you, kind regards. Um, unless that's their name. Uh, please, Mr. Regards is my father. Call me kind. <laughs> so um, I uh, I saw that and it was the 24th. Close the business 25th. I was like, it's the 24th today. That means no one's here. Ah, we have an abandoned house. So I uh, opened the little gate, go around the side. I don't really know what I was expecting to find. To be honest, what I was scared of finding, was I just want to know what happened, right? When a house gets repossessed, I'm like, did they stop paying rent? Is it like junkies? Is it, uh, did someone die? Is it an old person? What's the story? I'm greedy for a story. I'm just, I'm fucking such a little nosy ass fucking grub, aren't I? So I go around the gate, <laughs> sniffing around like a fucking pig <laughs> and... I, the first window I see two cats inside the house alive, thank the Lord. And I walk past this window and these two cats are like kind of scurrying around and they fucking look, one of them looks right at me, through me like, oh, oh my God. And also in the window is facing away from the window, one of those um, electric mobility old person things, you know, with the wheels, the shit that old people cruise around in for an old person. So there's cats and there's evidence of old people and it's facing away from the window. And I'm thinking, oh my God, am I, I'm trying to put this situation together in my head. Like, is that going to be a dead person in there? Am I about to, you know, go to the next window and get a different angle and see a dead lady sitting in an old mobility chair with her face eaten off by these two fucking cats that are locked inside this house and the landlord just came up and slapped a piece of paper on that. Am I going to find a dead person? That was genuinely going through my head. And I walked a little bit to the second window to get a look. And as I looked in, I heard like a kind of bump run thing and it heard like someone might be in the house and I was so fucking scared. I like ran. <laughs> I ran back out the front, like through the gate. It was like, I ran like 10 steps. I was genuinely scared. And then I got to the front and kind of replayed it in my head. I was like, no, that sound came from next door. It's fine. But I was just in a place where I wasn't meant to be, I guess. Went out the back, saw um, the whole, the back door was locked as well. The whole house was locked. Um, saw like an overgrown veggie patch and a couple of sheds that were disused, tools on the ground, dusty, everything. Um, a bit of concrete where some people had written, I'll read what they, um, just like this person and that person and that person. Wait, God, it was so fucking, I just, KT plus HT plus HA 28th March, 1990 before I was born written in the concrete. And, uh, I guess, I guess the vibe was like just old people in the house, maybe used to have this life where they, you know, had a garden and maybe it was a couple in my mind, they're like a couple, like an old Italian couple, uh, a man and a lady. And the man used to work out in the shed and, you know, with his saw, there was a saw out there. It's definitely a man, right? A saw is evidence of a man <laughs> and the vegetables. That's like, you know, that's like kitchen. That's like chick shit. 
<laughs> I wonder in the same way that I'm threatened by feminism if women are threatened by my sexist jokes. <laughs> probably not. They're probably just like, ugh, this guy sucks. Um, so I go out in the shed, I see all this stuff, and I, yeah, my 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 thought is like it was this old Italian couple and then the guy died and that's why the shed was left, you know, just in whatever and uh, also there was a can of lift out there, but like uh, an empty can of lift. I told this story to my mum. I said can of lift and she was like, oh, Aiden. I was like, empty, empty, empty. I didn't take a can of lift from an abandoned house. It's okay. You can relax. Um, yeah, no, just an, an empty can of lift, but it was like an old one. Like it's kind of old. It's like a vintage looking, you know, I don't know, something that I hadn't seen in like I've never seen it before. It's like black with the lift letters written in yellow. I'd never seen it before. And so I thought that's old. I'm going to take that as a memento. It's in my room now. I'm going to cut the top off and I'm going to plant just like a succulent in it. That's going to be my way to to pay homage to this old dead Italian couple who I don't know what happened to the the lady. Maybe she did. Maybe she is dead. Maybe what I couldn't see in that mobility scooter was just a pile of bones, you know, because I couldn't see over the over the armrest. Maybe the cats did eat her and the bones are just lying there. They've been there for like five years. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is um, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>